Thank you, Vicki. Glory to God. You know, the children of Israel, they limited God. They limited him with their thoughts and by their words. That's how they limited him. You know, we were singing that song a little bit earlier. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says, All things are possible to him who believes. That means what it says. All things are possible to him who believes. You know, another verse right along that lines that, that I thought about this morning was in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20. And it writes, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, now notice, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. See, it's not about your level of faith. I think every one of you in here have been here at least once before. So many too, many times before. You've heard the word. Faith has come. Faith is present. The message uh, paraphrase of that verse reads, Because you are not taking God seriously, the simple truth is, if you have a mere kernel of faith, even a poppy seed of faith, say, tell this mountain to move, and it would move. There is nothing you're not able to tackle. I like that. Modern English says, In solemn truth I tell you, you can say to the mountain, move from this place to that, and it will move, and you'll find nothing impossible. And then the Ben Campbell Johnson says, If you can say then all things are possible. See, believing requires saying. If you then having a spirit of faith, if we then having the same spirit of faith, I believe, now notice, and therefore, or because I believe, I speak. Now what you speak is what's in your heart. Because Matthew says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So monitor your words. What are you saying? Listen to what you're saying. I promise you, you listen very closely to what you're saying, you'll become a person of a lot less words. Because you won't like what you're saying. Little statements like, well, I don't understand. What about some of those terrible, terrible four-letter words? Like can't. Shouldn't even be in our vocabulary. You say, well, yeah, but Pastor Craig, I can't do that. Now, what did we just read? All things are what? Possible. So when you say you can't do something, you're limited. Now, I'm not saying maybe in yourself you can't. But with him? Someone asks you to do something, or if you get a prompting down in your heart about something... And the first thought that comes to you is, I can't, don't give voice to it. Because what you need to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, Father, advise me on this. See, he's going to not ask you to do something you can do. 
because then you'll take the glory for it. You know, Pastor Steve was talking last night about the uh, the book of Numbers and the children of Israel and the twelve spies going and spying out the land and how ten of them had the evil report and only two of them had the good report. And you know, and he was saying that the, the giants, the Anakites in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the land, really were, they were giants, but they were totally fearful of the children of Israel. Now, one of the reasons that they were fearful of them is because when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God parted the waters and they, drove, they walked across on dry land. You know, that's not a fairy tale. Do you know God did part the waters? Why are we limiting him? Tell you why we limit him. Because we won't do as they did. We've talked to you about this before. But what did, what did he ask Abraham to do? He asked him, pack your U-Haul. This is modern language. Pack your U-Haul. Get all your possessions and all your family that you can get in there and leave. Where am I going? No, you don't need to know. Just leave. So you're packing up your U-Haul. Your neighbors come over. Where are you going, Lamar? Oh, I don't know. Just going. Going where God tells me to go. Yeah, we laugh at that. Well, I couldn't do that. Well, you just limited God. Now, look, you know what we do with that? We immediately think, I couldn't do that. Well, he hasn't asked you to do it. But you need to ask yourself, what if he would ask me to do it? You know, Rod and Kathleen Smith, some of you may not know Rod and Kathleen sitting right here. They moved from Iowa to Cranberry because of this church. Because of this church. That's why they moved here. They left family. Now, B and I, we've always said, well, I could leave my family. Yeah, no big deal. I was never that close to my family. But they left their children. They left their grandbabies. Now, if you never lived away from your kids, or if you never lived away from your grandbabies, you may think, well, that's not that big a deal. Do it. Try it. See. That's what the Bible calls seeking first, the kingdom of God. What, what was Jesus' prayer in that garden? Father, not what? My will, but thy will be done. Not my will. See, there's doors in our heart, as I was praying, because God's been opening up some doors in my life over the last three, four months. Doors that I always thought were open. But, Rooms that he couldn't walk into because I, in my thought process, thought they were already open, but they weren't open. 
Are you willing to be willing? You have to ask yourself that to do anything. And understand something about that. Don't have a fear about that because he may not ask you to do it. He might just be asking you, are you willing to do it to see if you'll be willing? Because all he wants is your heart. That's all he wants. And once he takes that and he's got your heart, then he can mold that and he can go and he can use you. And you will have complete fulfillment when you start walking that path. And I'm, I, that's one of the reasons some people aren't walking in hell. They don't like to hear it, but it's true. Go with me to um, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Beginning at verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and real to all men. For as much as you manifested, manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Listen to this out of the message paraphrase. Does it sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, insisting on our credentials, asserting our authority? Well, we're not. Neither do we letters of endorsement neither to you or from you, you yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Now listen, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read. I wonder what kind of a letter they're reading. It goes on, Christ himself wrote it, so it's positive, okay? Not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. We couldn't be more sure of ourselves in this, that you, written by Christ himself for God, are our letter of recommendation. We wouldn't think of writing this kind of letter about ourselves. Only God can write such a letter. Listen, his letter authorizes us to carry out this new plan of action. The plan wasn't written out with ink on paper, with pages and pages of legal footnotes, killing your spirit. It's written with spirit on spirit, his life on our lives. New plan of action. I don't know about you, but that's what I want for 2011. I want a new plan of action. Lord, no longer my way, but your way. No longer my will, but your will. No longer my plan, but your plan. And he writes that on our heart. Verse 5 and 6 out of the Amplified says, Not that we are fit and qualified and sufficient in ability of ourselves. Understand it. It's not in your power and your ability to claim or account anything is coming from us. But our power and our ability and sufficiency are from God. It is he who has qualified us 
making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant. Do you realize every one of you, every one of us, are a minister of this new covenant? Every one of us. Our life is to exemplify Him. You know, we really, we really have a problem of wrapping our mind around the fact that Jesus was a man. And we need to get that revelation of the fact He was a man. Yes, He was the Son of God, but He laid aside that power because it required a man to come and buy back what Adam and Eve lost. A man, just like you, just like me. A man. He had to find himself in those scriptures. He had to find out what was his plan and purpose that God created him for. Just like you do, just like I do. That first 30 years that he was a carpenter. Probably, probably uh, 15 years. Maybe 20, because he didn't start out as a carpenter. He was a child first. He was a baby first. He had to learn the skill. But what he was doing while he was working secularly was finding out who he was. He was developing a foundation within himself. You know, the plan that God has created you for, the plan that he's called you for, you probably won't step into that till you're 30. Or 40. Or 50. Or 85. Now, Pastor Steve made a statement last night. When, when uh, Joshua, you understand something. Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 spies. Two out of 12 that had the good report. But do you realize that the evil report that the 10 gave delayed the plan of God for Joshua and Caleb for 40 years. Somebody else delayed what God called them to do. Somebody else caused that to happen. It wasn't their fault. It was delayed. But what did they do during that 40 years of delay? They kept their resolve. They kept their purpose. They kept that vision in their heart. They did not go. They didn't gripe. They were in the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. So they didn't gripe, grumble, and complain. Oh, I'm sure they had bad days now and then. Especially when they look over those mountains and think about those big grapes. Man, we could be chewing on those big grapes. We could even squeeze those grapes and make some wine out of them. Hmm, that would really be better yet. I'm sure they had days like that. But when the time finally came, Joshua was 85. And he was a man, just like you, just like me. You're never too old. Amen. If you've got breath in you, there's still a plan. Yes. There's still a purpose. Yes. And don't be so seated in your ways to think, how could he use me? And also don't be so seated in your ways to think that he might, not, he might ask you to do something that you never dreamed could be possible. And the thought probably will come across your mind. My God, how can I do that? There's a thought that came across my mind several months ago. I haven't voiced it to anybody. Now I'm not telling you today what it is either. Because it's a thought. And I'm trying to really 
pray that out and say, is that what you want me to do, Lord? I haven't even voiced it to my wife yet. Now, she knows that there's something I'm, I'm working on, I'm dealing on, I'm processing. Because I'll be real honest with you, in my little old mind, ain't no way. <laughs> but all things are possible to him that believes. And I'm not going to be like those people in the wilderness for 40 years and limit the Holy One of God. I had an interesting thought came to me this morning. I got here to work and I was walking down the hall. In fact, I came back to the room here to pick up the microphone and make sure the battery was charged. And I was walking back down to my office and then I came to get a cup of coffee and I'm walking down the hallway and the thought came to me. This is the oldest you've ever been. And I thought, isn't that an interesting thought? This is the oldest I've ever been. I thought, well, why'd you tell me that? Well, you can laugh. This is the oldest you've ever been, too, you know? And then this thought came. But you're not too old. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> Because one of the scriptures I stand on all the time is my youth is being renewed like the eagles. Amen. I'll outdo 20-year-olds, I'll outdo 30-year-olds, I'll outdo 40-year-olds, and I'll do 50-year-olds. And right now I'm not doing 60-year-olds. And I ain't quitting. Because I haven't accomplished what he's called me to accomplish yet. In fact, you know what? Up here, I don't even know everything he's called me to accomplish yet. But I'm open to everything that he's called me to accomplish. And I will go wherever he wants me to go, and I will do whatever he wants me to do, and I will lay down whatever he wants me to lay down. You know, here's where we have a problem. It's back to that song that Vicky sang. I want to know him. Because, see, you might have this problem, or, or this, this thought, and you probably do, because I've had them. Because my, maybe my circumstances are limiting me. Maybe it's because of my spouse. Because there are some people that are, that are really believing in God whose spouse isn't even saved yet. But you know what? God knows everything about you. He knows exactly what your circumstances are. He does know. He really does. Understand something. If he drops something into your heart for you to do, he's got a plan of how that's going to come to pass and do it. All he's asking you to do is say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Remember when the, uh, uh, Mary came to the disciples and uh, Jesus was at the wedding feast? And she told the disciples, hey guys, come over here. This guy that you've decided to follow, my son, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Oh, sure, okay, yeah, absolutely, sure, we'll do that. Hours passed, and finally Jesus says, Hey, guys, come over here. They're about running out of wine. Take those, those pots and go fill them up with water. They're running out of wine. Take the pots and fill them up with water. Okay. Go get the pots, fill them up with water. The host comes up. Oh, got some more wine. Good. Taste it. My, my, this is the best wine. Why did you keep the best wine to last? The disciples look, water, wine. Water, wine. 
Oh, my. They don't have, you don't have to understand to walk in faith. It requires obedience. If you be willing, Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It doesn't say if you'll be willing and understand how it's going to work. Paul Young E. Cho, pastor of the world's largest church, I don't know where it's at now, last I heard it was about 750,000. Before there was a church is when he got the call to be a pastor. Before there was one. You understand that, right? There wasn't one yet. And God gave him a plan. Paul, I want you to do this. Pray and obey. World's largest church, over 750,000. On three words. Pray and obey. See how simple God is? Can you, can you, can you visualize... We've got a sanctuary of 1,000 people. 750,000 congregation. Pray and obey. See how simple that is? Yeah, but... Well, you just, you just limited God. Yeah, but you, don't, you don't understand, Pastor Craig, this pain that's been in my body for the last 35 years. No, I don't. But he does. And either 1 Peter 2.24 is true or it's not. You're either going to believe it or you're going to say you believe it, but really you doubt it. Now, I'm not beating anybody up because we all have been there and most of us are still there. If it's not in that area, I promise you, it's in some other area. Every one of us limit God. But we don't need to any longer. Let's look at a couple of things. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew cha oh, our time is just about up. Guess what? We've got all year to teach. I'm going to probably get in about three or four scriptures this morning. We're going to call this, and we'll probably be on this. We might be on it all year, but I know we'll be on it till Easter. Remember, Easter's the end of April. Disciplines of faith. So we're going to call this. I'm going to strive this year to discipline myself in absolutely every area of my life, spirit, soul, and body. I already have begun it. Already, already slipped up a couple of times in a couple of areas. But that was yesterday. Today, his mercies are new every morning. So every morning his mercies are new. Yesterday's gone, forget about it. Mercies are new every morning. Paul said this one thing I do. Forget those things that are by. Let go of your past. Forget it. Go on with God. Now, you could probably quote Matthew 6.33. I could. Then realized I wasn't doing it. Thought I was. If you would ask me, oh yes, absolutely, Pastor Craig. I still haven't got the brunt of what Matthew 6.33 is saying. Let's just begin at verse 30. 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, and shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? No, O you of little faith. Wherefore, take no thought, saying, 
you haven't got that underlined, highlighted, circled, whatever, you need to. Notice, take no thoughts. How? By saying. Let the Word of God be the filter that your thoughts go through. And if those thoughts that you have are not in line with what God's Word says, or they may not be Scripture and verse, but if they're not in line with what God's Word says, then don't you speak them. That's how you begin disciplining yourself right off the bat out of the first of the year. It's the 6th of January. 6th? Yeah, 6th. Yeah, tomorrow's the 7th. That's how I know that. <laughs> That's okay. I got something I'm doing on the 7th. That's the only reason I remember, okay? I know it was a revelation to you, but... <laughs> Your first discipline of the year. Don't say everything you think. Because you will have what you say. If you just get that today, you've got everything you need. Until next week. Take no thought what saying. What shall I eat? Listen to that. What shall I drink? Wherewithal shall I be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. No, it's not Christians. Gentiles he's talking about here. So we're supposed to be different. For your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. See, don't worry about it. He knows you need it. That's okay. He knows you need it. If he knows you need it, he'll, know, he'll get it to you. You've got to understand something. God is more for you than you are. Jesus went to that cross. Went to hell. So you and I can walk in blessing. That's hell. That's needs being met. That's a stress-free, worry-free life that he wants for you and me. He paid the price so you and I could have that. We disappoint him if we don't take advantage of that. Because he, he, he paid for that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, the message paraphrase. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen... Don't you think he'll attend to you and take pride in you to do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting. Get that? Don't be so preoccupied with getting. Now that could be possessions. That could be healing. That could be peace. Don't be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. So what am I to be preoccupied with? That's what he's trying to tell us. There's something else you and I have been preoccupied with. From the age of 32 to where I am today, I was brought up under the word of faith. And I had a revelation, I can have what I say. So by my faith, I've been believing for things. I've been preoccupied with getting. 
Now, if you'd asked me that a year ago, I'd have said, no. But I have not been preoccupied with what I should have been preoccupied with. I was deceived. Isn't that something? Praise God that I found out. Because James chapter 3 verse 1 says that ye that are teachers are held more accountable. See, I, I'm not ashamed to tell you I was, pre, I was deceived. V said to me last night, sitting on the couch after church last night, she said, I got a revelation. I didn't believe. She's been under this for 30 years like I have. Now, if you asked her, she'd have believed. Oh, absolutely. She could have quoted you scripture and verse. Probably forwards, backwards, upside down. But if you believe, you'll have it. If you don't have it, you aren't believing yet. Hard, isn't it? But I'll receive it. Because he's going to help us so we can have it. Now, notice. Be not so preoccupied with getting. People who don't know God. What, remember that song that Vicki had us sing? People who don't know God and the way that he works fusses over these things. People that are preoccupied, word of faith people, preoccupied with the wrong thing are fussing over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Listen, steep your God, your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out, for you'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Listen to that little word, though. Steep your life in God initiatives. Now, that word steep, I mean, my first, first word th thought of steep is, you know, it's a steep hill. It's high, it's lofty. But when I was reading that one day, B said, now that reminds me of when you steep tea. Now listen to this. Steep also means to soak in liquid to extract flavor or to soften. When we st steep tea in a teapot, we take the infuser, the little container, and we put the tea bags in it. And we put it in the hot water. And it will steep there for several minutes to permit the water to extract the flavor from the tea so we can drink it. We're to steep in him. So we'll become more and more like him. So my will will become his will. My plan will become his plan. My thoughts will become his thoughts. And I will begin to seek after what he wants me to seek after and not seek after the things. Because he says, if I'll seek after what he wants me to seek after, the things will be added to me. One translation says the things will be cast upon me. Listen to this, and we'll close with this, but listen to this out of the, uh, the Amplified. I think, I think the Amplified really brings out what Matthew 6.33 really means for us. It says, but seek Aim at, strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, this, this little phrase, listen to this. His way of doing and being right. That's what we're supposed to seek after. His way of doing things and being right. His way. 
You know what one of his ways are? You and I walking in the nine fruit of the Spirit. That's what I need to strive after. That's what I need to seek after. That's what I need to steep myself in. Walking in love and walking in joy and walking in peace. Do you know that? We shared this with you before, but over in James chapter 1 it says, count it all joy when you, walk, when you enter into divers temptations. Man, if you're not doing that verse right there, you're not being a doer of the word. And notice when it says to count it joy. Not after you've been in them a while. As soon as the trial, as soon as the temptation, as soon as the negative thing begins to happen, start counting it joy right now. You know why? Because it's joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You're going to have to have strength to get through the trial because you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And if you have strength, the trial will last considerably less time. But it doesn't stop there. In fact, let's look at it. We'll close with that verse. I know you need to go. Let's just go to James. I'll finish up here. and We'll pick this up next week. My brethren, it's talking to the church, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Notice this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. The trying of your faith works patience. Remember what Hebrews says? With faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. You're not going to inherit the promises of God without patience. And if you don't count it all joy, you won't get through the trial, and the purpose of the trial is to help develop you in the area of patience so you can ultimately inherit the promise. Now, patience is not... Well, I wish this class, I wish Pastor Craig had called this thing up. Bring us to a close. Well, you can leave. Right there's the door. Oh, that wasn't nice. <laughs> well, we'll all go out of it in a few minutes. No. No, patience. Bible patience is being consistently constant in the trial. Doing, you're standing in faith. However long I'm in this trial, you know what? I can count it joy when I'm in this trial because I know I'm inheriting me something at the end of this, baby. That's why you can have joy in the beginning because you know what the end is. You've read the last chapter. I win. I win. The more joy you have, the sooner you win. And what you've done is when you walk out of that trial, you've just moved up to another level. And then you'll have another trial, and you'll go up to another level. He's getting bigger devils. But they're all defeated. Because the kingdom of devils has already been defeated. You and I, you know what? You and I don't even deal with the devil. Because you and I are no threat to him yet. Not the way that we need to be. I mean, there's other people out there doing a lot more than you and I are doing, that are a lot bigger threat to the devil. And he's, he's spending his time on those guys right now. We're, we're just dealing with the lower echelon guys is all we're dealing with. So you're not dealing with anything yet. But be willing to be willing. This year, disciplines of faith. Discipline yourself in every area. Just step back and really ask yourself, 
do I really believe? Am I deceived? Because I think some of us have been. I know I have been. If you haven't, praise God for it. But I know I have been. But I'm endeavoring this year that I'm going to go to places I've never been, do things I've never done, because I'm going to be sure that my will is His will, and I'm going to be sure that I'm on the best path, and that I'm going to ask Him, advise me, Father. You know, He's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our guide. He's the enabler. He's the one that's going to show you and I things to come. Let's take full advantage of him, should we? Glory to God. Father, we just trust that we went the direction that you wanted us to go. We thank you, Father, for the things that have been imparted into us. Give us a new resolve, Father, for 2011. We choose, we desire first to seek your kingdom, Father. But really to seek your way of doing and being right, Father. And we ask you, Lord, that our steps be directed by you our thoughts be directed by you, our words be directed by you, and that you will receive the full glory, Father. Because, Lord, we desire to be a letter that people can read. And when they read us, they see you. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Be blessed.